guys this is your girl miss stage back with the god and gossip podcast show and if you guys didn't tune into my last episode um i actually played that little bit of a clip in the intro of my last episode and that actually is my baby sister she is 16 she is starting her music career that is her debut single called turn back you guys can follow her on instagram her handle is at i am trinity bailey um and so shout outs to my baby sis on her debut single turn back love you proud of you xoxo all right so let's get into it um i might be a little sniffly and you might hear a little uh sniffing and stuff i'm kind of cold in here and when i get cold my nose runs so i apologize in advance so Today, I wanted to talk about um, parenting and sex education. So, you know, as we all have come to realize, we all grow up, we all were young once, and a lot of us um, have already engaged in sexual activity. By the time we're in our 20s, some, you know, are later than others. And the reason why I even really wanted to go into detail at all, in a sense, about this topic was because I was on Twitter yesterday um, and I actually came across a video of a young little young boy. Um, he was cute and he looked like, I give him max 20, youngest probably 17, I don't know, 16 maybe. And he actually had been recorded um, having sex with a crackhead, a drug addict, whatever appropriate or non-appropriate jargon you would like to use to describe it but he was actually caught in the act and he still was proceeding to continue as the people had their phones out and were recording him and the crazy part about the whole situation isn't just the fact that he was out in public in a public area where people could see him doing this with this woman but you know he's like kind of pumping or whatever this guy you hear his voice you don't actually see him or really the other people except for two and he said you know she got AIDS right and he just looked up because he's behind her you know doing this thing he looks up and he's like for real and the dude's like yeah she got AIDS and the girl that's recording was like you got on a condom, right? And the dude shook his head and kind of doubled over on top of the woman like, dang. Then he pops up quick, pulls his pants up, go for a little short five-second walk. Like, I guess, like, damn, I messed up, I messed up. And he comes back, and the girl's like, man, how old are you? Like, how old are you? You need to go home to your mom. And he grabs his book bag, and you hear this other woman, I guess, she she looked like she was on to the stuff too she was like why are you going to do that you could have asked me for a condom or something that's a baby you know what i mean and so i don't know it it really like made my heart sink into the bottom of my feet because i don't quarantine's not it can't be that bad and i also am thinking like morally why would you stoop to such a low standard for yourself? Like, I don't know if he's a little young one out here hustling and he figured he could trade out, you know, some some drugs for some sex or, you know, he paid for however that went. But it was just like, 
why would you even think to do something like that, let alone unprotected? And he had on a, a, a mask, though. So it's like you're wearing the wrong protection. You should have been wearing a condom or not, really not even entertaining her at all. So, you know, I say these things to say, um, I think it's important that we as parents um, talk to our children about all things, whether it's uncomfortable for us or not. We can't leave things up to the school system uh, to educate our children on things about their own bodies. And we have to instill in them the wherewithal to be able to make some safe decisions because, you know, I told my daughter, like, sex is normal and it's part of life. You know, speaking on sex is like this taboo thing, you know, to like most people. And at this point in time, you know, sex is like one of the, the biggest things that I feel like a lot of kids are drawn towards because if you look on back to social media if you look on social media we see a lot of um people over sexualizing themselves we see a lot of um dudes talking about they want girls with big butts hit it from the back this and this and this you know what i mean and things like that and so what happens is when you're young and i think in your developmental years like your brain you know, studies say isn't fully developed until you're about 25. So before then, you're still in your formative years and you're still developing as a person. Your brain is still developing. Your character is still developing. And so I think sometimes when you get caught up in bad cycles very young, they're more or less the hardest ones to break a lot of times because it's almost like it's it's embedded in your very DNA because it happens during your formative developmental stages. Um, that's just my take on it. So, you know, I'm wondering when is it an appropriate age to really speak to your child about sex and sex education? I think, you know, it's earlier for young girls because we're the ones usually bombarded with it most of the time that boys are approaching us or, you know, men are approaching us and their, you know, intention a lot of times is to try to get sex or insinuate into our sex or sexual behaviors or an encounter in that way. And so I'm wondering, when is it a good age, you know, to really sit down with a child and start to kind of educate them, you know, in a less invasive way, I guess. Um, I was thinking maybe 10, only because a lot of girls get their cycles around that age. And I think, you know, once your hormones are all over the place and you're having these urges and feelings and things start to kind of shift, for you, you know, I think you should be in the know of what is actually happening within yourself from a parent, you know, someone that is actually in your household, that's taking care of you, that's your provider, and, you know, and you're in your safe place, and so you feel safe, I would feel, to say something. Um, you know, a lot of people feel like the school will teach their children or they should just know better. Like when I was younger, you know, um, going back to one of my episodes um, on mental health check, like my mom was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia when I was very young. And growing up, you know, my household was very unstable. And 
there wasn't time to talk about anything because we were too busy trying to, you know, find somewhere to live or my mom was in and out of a hospital and I was staying with my grandmother or something like that. And, you know, I think being as though my grandmother, I believe in her generation came from what was called the silent generation where things were swept under the rug or not acknowledged or discussed that when I did go to stay with her, she just thought that I was supposed to know, you know, better. Um, Which I think a lot of parents just know, like, a lot of parents assume that kids just know better, excuse me. And, you know, they don't have the conversation. And I think it's a generational cycle of ignorance in a way, whereas people just think, that I didn't have a talk, I'm not having a talk with my kid, they should just know better, or we go to church, and the Bible says, you know, don't commit adultery, and these things, and some kids don't even know what that means, you know, so I feel like it's up to us as parents to educate, and to tell kids what their options are, and to be responsible for our children, because obviously kids make a lot of poor decisions so you know I kind of want to get into um, some things that I did a little bit of research on so I looked up through Planned Parenthood and it said more than half of U.S. teenagers have had sex by age 18 and virtually all sexually experienced teens more than 99 percent have used some form of birth control and this is a data um, that was found from 2011 to 2015. I didn't see anything else updated for like 2020 or last year. Um, So those are the numbers from 11 to 15. And it says for the majority of teens, their first sexual experience was with someone they were going out with. So, you know, their little puppy love relationships or whatever you may want to call it. And for girls, it was 75%. And for males, for boys, it was 51%. And it also stated, um, this is another article, though, that was in the U.S. News. It was a U.S. News article from July of 18. It said nationwide, 30% of teens report that their parents never spoke with them about sex. So it's like, you know, I'm 35, and it really wasn't that long ago that I was... 17, 18, you know, a young adult in that way. And so I remember not having a talk. And, you know, in all transparency, you know, you get into situations and you're doing things as a kid and you're not really emotionally equipped or ready to handle what responsibilities come with sex or relationships, really, for that matter. Especially if you come from a household where you don't see healthy relationships. And so um, it says recent data from 2018 indicated 40% of high school students have had sex and 10% have with four or more people. And um, some data I found from the CDC from 2017 said that 55% of male and female teens have had sex by 18 and approximately 80% of teens use some form of contraception the first time. Small percent of teens, 2%, their first time was with someone they just met, and I guess, you know, hooked up at a party or whatever the case may be. 
um, most common method of pain's birth control, you know, method or contraceptive method they use from 2011 to, I believe this is a five, <laughs> 2015, was the condom, and that was reported by 97% of females, and 60% was the pullout method, and 56% was indeed the birth control pill. Um, and it says that, um, the CDC says in 2017, a total of 194,344 babies were born to women aged 15 through 19 years old for a birth rate of 18.8 per 1,000 women. But it's apparently a drop um, from 2016, um, which is crazy. Like, all of these numbers are crazy to me. I mean, when... Going forward, when do we feel like we've had enough of unhealthy sexual, um, you know, cycles of not discussing things or just letting things fall into the manner in which they just will? When do we step in as parents and say, you know what, even though this is not something I would like for my child to be doing right now, let me at least educate my child just in case they do decide to make a decision, even though I might not necessarily agree with it. You know, I told my daughter, she's 17, that sex is normal. It's a part of life. Um, you're going to have desires. There's things that you should and shouldn't do and that you just need to always make sure you're protecting yourself because a lot of times you get caught up in a moment and you just end up putting yourself at risk for diseases. I mean, there's so many people with STDs um, that they can't even get rid of, AIDS, you know, and these people look just like you and I, which would be deemingly healthy, you know, individuals. And you would never even know, like that young boy, going back to what I said about what I saw on Twitter, he didn't know that that woman had AIDS. And now he has to go get one of those pills. Um, I think they're called like a pre-pill or a post-pill or something, where um, sorry, you can get it if you've been exposed to AIDS or HIV, which is actually pretty awesome that they even have that option right now for people but it's like I think the more drugs that we create in order to fix things sometimes it makes people very lax in their mental um, wherewithal as far as keeping themselves present and protecting themselves like oh let me just this one time it, it could only take one time to ruin your life it could only take one time for you to, to make a decision that will cost you your life eventually, you know, so I challenge you all to sit and have a healthy dialogue with your children about birth control methods. If you guys don't believe in, you know, Western medicine, so to speak, um, there are other natural alternatives to birth control um herbs i was reading that a tablespoon of black seed oil um at the same time morning and night 
um, in conjunction with vitamin C and coconut oil can help be an aid for birth control and intravaginally neem oil because neem helps kill sperm. So, I mean, there, there are other options with herbs just as well, but that's one of the most recent ones I actually saw, one of the more fresh ones in my mind. And I think that, you know, within boundaries that people should explore their sexual, you know, desires in that way. But it's it's just all in a matter of making sure that you're being protected. And it starts with your children because children grow into adults. And if they're not in the know now, it's just going to be that they find out late or too late. So today, I just wanted to kind of skip around on that subject and just you know for me being a single mother and having these type of conversations my daughter's dad lives in Atlanta I am in Pittsburgh and so it's hard you know to parent from one state <laughs> to another and we try our best to be on the same page and there are things that you know we don't always meet eye to eye on um, I had to have a talk with him about, you know, just entertaining that idea of potentially putting my daughter on, or our daughter, I'm sorry, on birth control because I was 17 when I got pregnant with my daughter and I'm 35 and my daughter's 17, you know, and I was 18 when I had her. So it's like, just in thinking about that, she'll be 18 in October and I'm like, man, I could never see you with a baby, you know, or having to make some of the decisions as a young teen to a young lady that I had to make for the greater good of you and us both together, you know. And so you want to protect your children from things that you went through. You want to shield them from things that you know will hurt them but there's always that old adage like you know you'll touch the stove after so many times you burn yourself you learn a lesson and there are some children who definitely learn the hard way all the time and I hope that you know especially in African-American culture and low socioeconomic you know settings that we get more on board with having healthy dialogues with our children about all things drugs. I mean, these songs promote drugs and sex. Social media promotes drugs and sex just as well, in my opinion. And it promotes other positive things. But I mean, if you scroll down your Instagram feed or check your explore page, I'm pretty sure you'll see a half naked somebody somewhere, you know. And so in these songs, it's like, Perkies and mollies and lean and weed and you know all of those type of things and I think that although we can't save our children from everything and you want to monitor a lot of things that they are taking in it's just impossible to keep up with it all and so you know in that I I believe in prayer I know there's a lot of things I'll probably do a couple story times on here um, that I could tell you guys, like, my grandmother's prayers must have been covering me in some way because I should be dead and I should probably be a lot of things besides well and doing good 
you know, and you sit and you think about your testimony and how you've gone through so much, but you've gone through it and you come out onto the other side. And in that, you can tell someone else, like, I can talk to my daughter and I always tell her, like, baby girl, <laughs> it wasn't that long ago that I was your age and I made some of the same exact decisions that you made. But you have me to be able to talk to, whereas I had no one. And so a lot of things that I am and a lot of the way that I've handled things have been because I practically had to do life alone on my own and just figuring things out. And so I challenge you all today out there that have daughters and sons to just, you know, have healthy dialogue with your children about, you know, reproduction, sex, um, what it's for, you know, the benefits and the not benefits of it. I mean, it's going to feel good, you know, because that's part of the benefit of it. But I think what happens is people start chasing this feeling because they are missing other things in their life, you know. They might be angry about things. They might be sad about things. And sometimes people turn to devices, so to speak, or things to fill a void of what they really want. You know, um, there's a lot of girls they say are promiscuous because they didn't have a dad around. But there are also a lot of girls who might be promiscuous because they were molested. You know, so it's like there's a dozen in one hand and half in another. I feel like of reasons why people end up doing some of the things that they do and instead of judging or being judgmental I challenge you to talk to those people as well I mean there's times where like I see people that I'm kind of okay with on social media and they're doing things that I'm like damn like I really used to be that person before or I've seen where this could go and I'll inbox them and I don't come at them in a disrespectful way, but some people are defensive because they already know what's wrong with them. You know what I mean? We know when we're dropping the ball. We know when we're making mistakes. And a lot of times we're ashamed of it ourselves, but we just put on a face that, you know, this is this is what we really want to be doing. And a lot of times it's because of unresolved traumas or you know, things that we haven't healed from in our personal lives. And even in that, I say, if you feel like you can't talk to your child about it, then maybe you can put your child in counseling. I mean, hell, there's a lot of stuff going on with these kids as it is um, with identity issues. I mean, and I don't have anything against anyone, but I noticed that there's an influx in a lot of confusion as to personality and who people want to be and who they identify themselves as. And I don't really want to have too many discussions too much on that because I know that causes a lot of arguments. And I know that it causes a lot of people to think things are one way and take what others say out of context. And I don't think that I'm willing to tackle that right at this time so I just wanted to hop on I owed you guys an episode I'm going to actually be recording probably a couple more episodes today so you guys will be bombarded with a few new episodes to check up and check out 
and I just wanted to speak our mantra. You guys are money magnets beyond blessed. Use your platforms for a purpose. Turn your pain into purpose. Change your mindsets from scarcity to abundance, from obstacle to opportunity, opportunity to overcoming, overcoming to overachieving. Let us do more than good and to be great today and be a joy carrier and be a light carrier and be love. Um, I wanted to tell you guys that I love you all so very much. I'm always super grateful for any feedback that you all give me. I'm super appreciative of all of those who take the time to listen to my voice, to listen to my words, to listen to this podcast, and those who have value um, in what I say, you know, and so I just, I respect you all in so many ways, and shout out to my OG, Mackenzie, um, she lights a fire way up under this booty of mine to be my best self, and sometimes I can be difficult, and I can get in my own way, but she definitely um, meets my water with a little fire, and, and I need that at times. So, shout out to you, Kenzo and the Benzo. I love you. <laughs> and I miss you, Mucho Mucho. Um, also, um, stay tuned for my next episode, and I will catch you guys back here soon. XO, babe. Mwah.